Now, when the mind is in control, then he is capable of being a boycher. That's our great function in life. Ubochalta, you should choose. And what Hashem says, Ubochalta, Bachayim, choose life. That you can do when the mind is fully calm. Umushil Beruchai, and he is in full control over his emotions. Likachlopnai, Lachshir Machshavis, to take time to think thoughts, shall Hamalochal, deliberation, and Ian and thinking. And able to think and able to choose what is the right thing to do as long as the mind is calm. And it's capable then of thinking of strategies. Either to motivate his animal soul in a certain direction or to prevent it from taking any action. He's able to make the body participate. Let's say certain things you have to do with the participation of the body. That's even joy, even a simcha. You need a body to participate in the simcha. So the mind is calm. I said, now it's a mitzvah to be misameach. So the body goes into active action, and the body not only dances, but the whole body tingles with excitement of simcha. It's under the control of the mind. Although, sometimes, the body wants to go into action, the mind says no, and it makes the body stop and remain inactive. The tongue wants to talk, it's in company, and people are talking, he wants to open his mouth and talk too, his mind says no, keeps his mouth closed, and his tongue is silent, and under the control of the mind is calm. But the table law, and it'll be good for him in this world, because a man is in control in this world, there's no question, he'll live a happier life. And Berlam Habba. Three lines up to the bottom. He speaks on the mid of Menucha Sanefesh. Keeping calm. Avonisho Shedatom Bitorefes Allah. But when a man's mind becomes confused, Azaino Felis Emocha Shechelo. A fear falls upon him. He becomes seized by a fear. We know, tell us, when he tells us a man who ate Sigur, and he loses all ability of using stratagems, and also he becomes weakened, both things. He loses the ability to plan what to do, and he loses the ability to withstand any difficulties. It's weak as a result of confusion. So confusion results in this disability to do things in an orderly way. You can do things sometimes in a way that will cause his destruction. 
and sometimes also it causes him to fall into a lassitude, a weakness. And nefesh al Bahamis, that's for the mind now, is out of commission. And therefore the nefesh al Bahamis, the brutal part of a person's nature, while Zuvo is forsaken of his leadership now, and nobody to lead it, Mishtoya becomes desolate, or Mishtomanus, and feels that everything is ruined, they saw. Animal is very happy when things are going the way it's expected to go. But the thing happened unexpectedly. Let's say he's galloping and his rider falls over his back. He doesn't know what to do, where to go. So the animal becomes confused and desolate. Mishtakas the Talbimasuasus. So the physical aspect of a person, physical Nishama, sinks into a slumber of indolence, of inability to do things, when no fellows be the aim of, and it can fall into harm. It can gallop, let's say, is it? It's gallop on the road, as they turn in the road, but since there's no leader to give it a pull, so it doesn't understand, it keeps on going, and it jumps off the road into pits of the, of the hill. When the leader is there, so he gives it a turn with a, on the reins, the animals are accustomed to the signal, it was at the turn. Now there's no leader, so he keeps on galloping ahead in this desperation, and he'll fall into danger. Or, a different thing can happen. A madness can seize the animal, a frenzy can seize it. The girl told Gabriel never got him, and it drags into a place where there are thorns and thistles, where it's cut up and bruised. So one way is animal becomes discouraged and weakened. And another reaction to confusion is he becomes in a frenzy and those wild injurious things to himself. And next the rider also into a deep pit. Now we learned just now when a person is not in control of himself because he becomes overcome by sudden fright or sudden excitement, there are two reactions. One reaction is he falls into a lassitude, into a weakness, as if he doesn't know what to do. Another thing he can do, he can gallop into destruction. And either one of them is a harm for him. And that's why it's so important always for the rider to gain, to maintain control. So he has control, and his beast, his beastly nature is also under control. The mind is guiding it. As long as he knows that he should not yield to this attack, of confusion, because he's training himself. He's repeating that motto all day long to himself. So 
when the time comes, he said, no, don't get excited, keep calm, and therefore he's able to guide his steed in the right direction and save himself from destruction. Say that aside. It's the case of a young man I know who was recently married. But something happened, a disappointment that upset him, and he became so enraged for no reason at all, he began hitting his collar with his fist. Amish is beating up with his fist. As if he was insane. Of course, later, he was sorry he did it, but they broke up the marriage. They were divorced as a result. People go wild because of some confusion. Not because he's actually angry. He loses control. That's the lesson we're learning here, to maintain control. Now, some of the Yesh mean do about Samaritan. There's a certain kind of a snake. And he is an enemy of certain little birds. Now that snake is not able to get at the birds. But the snake has a stratagem. What does he do? The bird flies in the air and sits down to rest on a tree. Now, the snake spies this bird sitting on the tree from a distance. So he crawls underneath the tree. He climbs on his bellow underneath the tree, and he opens wide his mouth with a very angry expression. Now the bird looks down and sees all of a sudden underneath the snake with his wide open mouth. Actually, the bird is safe. They cannot climb the street, but the bird is so overwhelmed when it sees an open mouth, angry enemy waiting to swallow it, that the bird falls into a weakness and it falls down from the tree. He shall see, when the bird sees him, the bird recognizes. That's the enemy. When Nivas, she becomes frightened. And it sinks into sadness and lack of ability to sense things. Her nerves are deprived of ability to sense anything. Like this, you think. I'm far away, I'm on a tree, slated down the stair, down the bottom, underneath the tree, why am I afraid? No, but this bird falls into a hypnotism of fear. It falls into the mouth of the snake. Now that's a muscle that happens to people that they fall into trouble merely because of no reason at all. Actually, there's no reason. But because they lose control of, because of the confusion, they do certain things that are absolutely 
Since the man is standing on a high place and he's near a window and he loses control of himself, this man can jump out of the window. Actually, if you wait a little while, it's so terrible. Well, they will just solve that problem, uh, maybe not now, a little later. But because he loses control of himself, he leaps out of the window and commits suicide. The Hebrew has one in Beisha and now has a late. I'll give you another example. In Mishlei, as a youth, doesn't have any sense. Now, that youth knows that on this street, there's a woman, a harlot, who wants to take young boys into her house. She's looking for young boys with whom to commit adultery. Now, the first thing is, he should avoid that street. But because he is lacking in sense, he loses control and is confused. Actually, he's not looking for a sin. But if he has by that place, he's confused, and automatically his step turns in that direction. He comes to the doorway of her house, that to me terrible, he was confused. It just loses control. Now we think it's not so. We think he's choosing to do a wicked thing. He's not choosing. Actually, he's no longer a master of himself. He's so confused by the Yetzirah. First he walks slowly near that place. But now, when the Meshugas comes upon him, he starts walking faster. Just like at that time, the spirit of the lust attacks him. Just like a bird hastens to the trap. As he says initially, a bird runs into its trap. Now this young man is not a, a wicked person. Only if he wasn't careful to avoid that neighborhood and he walked nearby and he doesn't have self-control, he becomes confused. And the tiger suddenly attacks him. Now, had he been home, he wouldn't think he'd going to such a place. At home, he's calm, his mind is in control, he suddenly wouldn't think about it. But now that he's near that place, he becomes overcome by confusion and he walks in and is lost. One more anecdote. It's a wedding. A front wedding. And there's a big mechitza between men and the women. The father of the Kala, although he's an Orthodox Jew, he didn't like the idea of such a mechitza. And so, as they were going to order the chuppah, he urged his mechutten to take down the mechitza. But he couldn't do it because he is a, a, a Ben Taylor and all the guests would be astounded if this Mechut not allow the Mechitza to come down. But he had an urge. He was being bothered so much that he felt like coming and giving him a smack to the Mechut in the face. Now, had he done that, wouldn't that work The whole wedding wouldn't have taken place. He restrained himself with chaos. He restrained himself. He kept on going. 
And he's it's all over. Another story is a man talking to a very beautiful married woman, very beautiful woman, and she's very close to him, and she's talking to him, and he overcome, never had such an experience, a very beautiful woman, and very close to him, and talking into his face, so he felt like grabbing her, <laughs> embracing her, but not far away, people were there, but he felt despite everything, he had to do it. But he was in, under, under control. He controlled himself. And a few more minutes, it was all over. That's how people have to, have to train yourself, be under control. In a few minutes, the test is over. Had a person yielded to his confusion, he would have been ruined forever. In a case like that, a man who was an official in a certain yeshiva, and he was busy taking in Balichuvis. Once he met a girl, and he was talking to the girl, Balichuvis, and he became so influenced by her presence that he actually pushed her against the wall. He was ruined. He was ruined. Lost his job, and is now a nobody. He had a future. That one moment that he yielded to the confusion. What is it? It's in a minute. One more minute, it's all over. No. He yielded. Because that's confusion. He's a poor man. He yielded because of the confusion. He pushed her against the wall. Well, he was ruined. And it happened again and again. People should know how important this media is. Not to yield to confusion. The Yitzhahara loves a billable. In Ruach HaMeshul Yale Alecho, we came from Tana. If the spirit of that powerful one, the Yitzhahara, comes up against you, do not leave your place. It means stay where you are. Don't yield. It's all over the minute. In Ruach HaMeshul Yale Alecho, if the spirit of that powerful one, the Yitzhahara, rises up against you, Return for all time. Don't leave your place. And if you have a little bit of self-control, it's all over. But if you didn't learn self-control, who knows what could happen. Page Nun Ches, like in Kochom. And paragraph Samich Tes, like in Tov. The Fikoch, because of the necessity for self-control in times of emergency, Sorech Odom Lehisgabem Oid Lishmer Esravuka Yikorazes. A man must exert himself very much to guard the flame of this torch, to continue always. A man's reason, his good common sense, should always be in control, like a lamp that illuminates his mind. That's the quality that we're trying to acquire. 
Calmness of spirit, always calm of spirit. That protects a man from many evils that could come upon him as a result of losing his self-control and becoming excited and out of control. And this will help him in times of emergency. Keep his mind always calm. Set up to your inside. Ella. But this good quality is susceptible to many illnesses. It can become affected in many ways. Some people become confused and lose control of themselves either when there's some good news or some bad news. You say some good news suddenly comes and he says something very silly that will cause him a great deal of trouble later. He's so happy that he became careless and let down his guard. And he said something that will cause him a great deal of trouble later. That's a, a robe of a shoe. He has a president who is a powerful man, who is a patriot of the Lord, always supports the Lord. And then, let's say, the Lord had a certain project in the community, and they were celebrating a victory banquet that the project was successful. And the Lord was so happy that he forgot for a moment that he had such a president out of happiness. Or well, another story, well-known story in the book, believe it or not, the book tells of a man who received the news that he had earned a million dollars in the sweepstakes. And he fell dead. He fell dead. So people lose control even for good news and certainly for little for bad news. Even more than this, there's certain people who are weak in their intelligence. Doesn't mean they're not intelligent but they're weak in the control that the intelligence has over them. They become confused when the smallest change occurs in things that they're accustomed to. For instance, suppose his favorite chair or the table was in a certain place, had been moved in a different place. He came in and became so excited. After all, what's the big problem? He put it back here. He became so excited he lost control and he did something very silly that he already regretted afterwards. A small thing like that can cause a person 
to lose his control. Oh, or sometimes it happens that a person, let's say an important person, happens to find himself among people that don't know him. Now, in his usual company where he is, he's very careful to maintain his reputation. But now it happens to be among people, strangers, he becomes confused about himself. And he does something very silly here. See the Shabbat is traveling on an airplane. And his Shamash was seated, not in the same seat with him. The plane seated Shamash next to a woman. True story. He never had it before. This Shamash never sat next to a woman. So while they were traveling, he touched her hand. And she brought suit against him. I was in the newspapers. Called harassment. And the Rebbe was terribly put to shame. Now this Hamish would never do such a thing. In Williamsburg, for a million dollars he wouldn't touch a woman's hand. Now he's among strangers. An airplane. He did travel on airplane. In the Mongolia, sitting next to a woman, never happened before. So he lost himself. And therefore, a person always must say, I'm going to keep control no matter what. Somebody's not accustomed to doubt before the Amit. He can say very well that he was stands at the arm and becomes confused and he starts making silly mistakes. He becomes a public disgrace. Uh, was he able to control himself? What are you afraid of? Oh, Lidrish Berabin. You never said a speech in public. For some reason they invited him to say a speech. Had he had leisure to write up this speech beforehand, it'll be all right. He got up suddenly and again saying the silly things. Mama, she was a disgrace to hear. But he lost control of himself. It's a similar situation. And therefore people always must remember no matter what, I'm going to remain in full control. I won't lose my manuchas on that. Say up here. I thought, such ill people. He calls it ill people. It's an illness not to have full control of yourself. It's an illness to become confused by sudden things. They must cure themselves by this remedy of self-training we're talking about here. And they must put the motto of Menuchas HaNefesh 
among the 13 meters on which he's working. Remember, his program was work on 13 meters one after the other, and four times a year, that's 52 weeks, every week a different meter. So four times a year you work over and over again. So in that week, he should always concentrate on the motto, no matter what, I must always be calm. He says he had to himself again and again an entire week. An entire week. And the other weeks, other 12 weeks, he reminds himself from time to time about it. He doesn't say it every day all day long. He reminds himself. But on this week that is working on it, must continually urge himself, suggest to himself, again and again, no matter what, never lose your calmness. Say that. Now it is important to know that we're not talking only about people who are hot-tempered. No. Ordinarily, he doesn't lose his temper. It's a person who becomes confused. He doesn't have full control over himself in emergency situations. And then he can do things that he never does. Like that man would never touch a woman. But in an emergency situation, among strangers, really new situation. And a woman sitting next to him, so he lost himself and did a foolish thing that caused him no end of trouble. And therefore these people have to get busy and work with this meter at least four times a year, each time a whole week, to remind himself, motto, don't lose control no matter what. Ayan, paragraph ayan. Hinehe rachnuk tzas b'in protei geromen stirodat. We mentioned at length some of the subject that caused confusion. That's our subject, confusion. Not anger, and not lust, other things. It's confusion that we're talking about. Afal pi, she'ikar mekremo hi, v'chokmas hamusa amidus. Actually, the main place where this subject has to be studied is when you're studying Musa and Midas. <coughs> because Musa and Midas require you at all times to be loyal to your principle, no matter what. However, Actually, it's not our business here when we're talking about training yourself in calmness. So these things are matters of principle. For instance, a person shouldn't insult anybody, shouldn't get wild and hit anybody. That's Musa. It's Halochas, Yerushalmayim. That's where these things should be studied. You call Mokrim, Nafkimina Tuvin, There's a big difference, however, even when it comes in this matter. There's a big necessity to mention it. The fish should slip him with a dog, they torment. It's always necessary to diagnose what is the cause of this illness and what's its source in the Nishama. So even though 
we know by Musa or by Halacha that this thing is out of the question, forbidden to do. Nevertheless, when you're diagnosed, it's not because you didn't know. Oh, he had information. The diagnosis is you lost control. Confusion. To find a necessary remedy. You can't say it's enough to learn more Musa. Certainly it's not. More Musa is very good. More Halacha is very good. Nevertheless, when you diagnose it as a, as a weakness of yielding to confusion, so that means you have to get busy in that one detail and work on resistance to any kind of confusion. Say that. When the subjects of keeping calm, not being confused. She calls Menucha Sanefish. Paragraph Ayan. Hine herachnu ksas bien prote gromes teodas. He mentions some causes of confusion. I say something important that the most important place to study this subject are in the form of Musa and Midas. Like the Rambam, Hilchis, Deus, other Svarim. Because a person must learn the importance of doing things in a certain way. You don't learn, you don't have the model in your head. You think you know, but you actually have no model to follow. And therefore, when we say, train yourself to be calm, calm about what? You don't know what to be calm. Even to be calm, you have to learn how to be calm. For instance, when a person learns Shara B'Tochen in Chebes Aldovis or elsewhere, and he understands that everything is in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he is a Chofetz Chesed, he wants to do good to us. So therefore, when a person wants to become, he summons this thought to his mind that everything is going to be good unless I did something wrong. I chose the wrong way, but otherwise, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is intending for me only what's good for me. It makes it easier. When a person learns about Yiras Hashem, and that the whole world is only a preparation of Olam Abo, so this, what happened here, not so important. If so, what really counts is what will be the effect on his eternal existence. And therefore, it changes the entire attitude. When a person wants to be calm, then it's much easier. And therefore, the Musa's forum are really the source of this study. However, since this media of confusion triggers wild behavior, and even if a person learns he may lose control and do what's contrary to what he learned. You have to work also on the middle of of of
Again, the end, the end of the second line. The end of the second line. So I'm speaking of Khan. Actually, it doesn't belong in this subject of studying self-control. You call Mokim, Nafkim, Inatub, and Nami, Beisakim. So there's a big difference in the Khina that you were trained by reading the right story beforehand. That's a big difference if you learn self-control or not. But always it's important to diagnose what is the fundamental reason for doing certain things. When you do certain things because of your reactions, your emotions, you have to recognize your emotions. And even though you learn Musa, you might deceive yourself in thinking you're doing it L'Shem Shomayim. Actually, it could be not for that. And therefore, by studying this business of Menuchas HaNefesh, you learn to control yourself, and you'll think over, what did I learn before, how I should actually behave, and then you can do it with deliberation. With your Tiropadas, confusion, you won't do it with deliberation. And despite what you learn, you'll do all kinds of wrong deeds, and mistaken uh, attitudes. That's to find a specific cure for that situation. And the cure could be not in a matter, as he thinks, learning more Yerashamayim. could be, it's not a lack of Yerashamayim, it's a lack of self-control. Even a big Yerashamayim if a person loses self-control, can do wild things, because at that moment, he's not consulting his education. So to make use of Yachina, your Torah education, you must be able to have calmness of mind. Now, that's what we learned up to yesterday. I'll say once more this part of the paragraph inside. Now, before we proceed, it is worth understanding That to know oneself is one of the most difficult of all the functions of a man. Others can see more readily who you are than you yourself. Because you view yourself, you look at yourself with a great partiality. And whatever you do is defended by your mind, even without thinking. You defend yourself and justify yourself. Where others can see immediately how wrong you are, and you may never see it. Therefore, even though you may be learned in Torah, Nevertheless, you have to study also the ways that the Yetzirah can deceive you into misunderstanding your motives. In order to study what really motivates you, you need a different study in addition to what you learn, all the principles. You have to learn models of people who made errors because of misunderstanding their motives. 
Now, that's a big subject, by the way. For instance, I'll give one muscle, and we'll deal on, at length with it, just one muscle. Sadiq Yerovim Enevat. With it, Sadiq Goma. Big Talmud Chacham. And, when Zoyim HaMelech began marrying wives, they was Megaya from the nations around, he made a protest. It was Meshach Nefesh. He made a public protest in the streets. But then his life was in danger. A protest against the king couldn't exist. He ran away and he concealed himself in Mitzrayim until Shlomo passed away. Then he came out and he summoned the ten tribes, Asaras Hashwatim, and told them that we have no share in the house of David anymore. They're going wrong. See what happened? Yerushalayim is full of palaces of women who are really Gentile women. They're only superficially converted to a Yiddishkeit. Who knows what's going to happen? And therefore, even though it's a big mitzvah to come to Yerushalayim three times a year, but sometimes, in order to prevent a very great disaster, we have a right to abrogate a mitzvah too. In order to be misakin, the situation, it's possible even to transgress a mitzvah too. And therefore, he commanded the ten tribes to stop going to Yerushalayim three times a year. And that was a very great deed to tear away the Aserah Sashwatim from the base on English. They needed that. The entire nation went three times a year to base on English. They were their spiritual inspiration. How could they live without it? So he had to give them a substitute. He gave them two places in the Aserah Sashwatim where they can come three times a year instead of Yerushalayim. But they didn't have the Shnei Lucas Abris in Aroin Abris like they had in Yerushalayim. So he invented other things. I won't get into details now. He invented other things. And he went into very great liberties in order to make sure that the people will be satisfied to come twice a year to his two sanctuaries instead of coming to Yerushalayim. And that was the beginning of the ruin of the ten tribes. And was, Hashem said, after he rid of them, and he allowed Ashur to come, Ashur came, and exiled the ten tribes, and he got lost, the lost tribes. Now, the old man of Lot, at that time, was justifying himself. It was a Saudi protecting the army soil from the harmful influence, influence of Shlema's wise. But at the bottom of his heart was a motive that he didn't recognize. He was motivated by jealousy. Because when David Hamala had proposed to build a base on English, 
Years ago, Hashem had given me a reward. He said, you, your children can come and sit in the Azor. The kings of Beis Dove had a right to sit in the Azor. Nobody else. That's a reward for thinking of that great accomplishment of building a base on Dove's idea. Now, he was thinking, I'll come three times a year with my people, that's to Yerushalayim. The ten tribes will come to Yerushalayim. And they'll all be present. And they'll see I'm standing, but I'm not the Malchut Beis And the son of the family of Dove, they'll be seated. Now everybody knows I'm the Kanoi, I'm the Tzaddik, I want to take it very well, though. I should be standing, and he should be sitting. And he didn't say these words to himself. He didn't even recognize that was his motivation. But he couldn't, just couldn't think of coming to Yerushalayim. He's going to be forced to stand in the Azar while the base of it sits. And therefore he did everything possible to stop the people from coming. But he didn't think about that. It was a concealed motive in him. He was thinking, he said, only to prevent them from being ruined by the wrong influence. He cut off the ten shvatim from the service of the base armies, and they went lost. All because he didn't understand his true motives. So that's how important it is for people to study their motives. You might think you're a big tzaddik by doing things for Messias and Nefesh to save the Jewish people. And sometimes it could be you're doing just the opposite. You're ruining that hospital. Now, people didn't study this subject think that's impossible. It's a rare case. It happens all the time. All the time in our lives. We're doing things with motivation that we don't recognize. Now, that's one subject. However, when a person is subject to confusion, then they're not capable of recognizing anything. And they might do something in his madness. In his madness. At the moment, he gets so confused. A good person does something mad. For the moment, it seems that's what he should do. But he doesn't have time to think it over. And to know what he should do requires deliberation of mind. For person has to think about himself. Why am I doing this? Why should I do this? And so on. If your mind is confused, you're not capable of thinking anything. If you're not capable, then you become like a wild beast, or, or even a, an animal. Went wild, berserk, out of control. Even when it was tame until now, it obeyed its master. Now, for some reason, it became confused, frightened, and lost self-control, the animal becomes dangerous. And therefore, this study of self-control is extremely important even for a big tzaddikin. A big tzaddik, under self-control, can think things over and may discover what is motivating him in the wrong direction, which he thinks is right. But that's only if he has a calm mind. 
Tir of Hadas, confusion, makes it impossible to understand what you really are doing. Now, we saw a little new piece here. She'im la, the person won't work on calmness of mind, miluchas ha-nefesh, lo mirboyish al pirovin yachelun l'rapeshon, in most cases, they can't heal themselves of any illness, let's say, to cure themselves of his wrong attitudes that he are misleading him, which he doesn't recognize, and he's being misled by a concealed Yetzirah. And Lord, see this, because you got, only it takes a great deal of time to cure a man like that. And very difficult. But when a man is under control... He can cure himself much more quickly. Sometimes their piety and their learning could be injurious to them. Since they do things with confusion, in their confusion they think they have to do extreme things and do something very, very harmful just because of his piety and their learning. He thinks I have to do something with serious nefesh. And I'm a serious nefesh at all. It's really a big hate. Only because he's confused, he deceives himself in thinking that. That's a muscle. I give the muscle from something of a secular way. Sa'ad Sobo Echod Nishanur Limalachta, a certain general was trained, Al Yedehu Arigabavikina. You are trained to be arrogant, try to be superior to other people to show off, and also be jealous of honors that others gain, military honors. He was trained to be a hero, a brave hero. Now, right now it seems. He's a man who's a patriot for his country. But actually, it's a training based on the desire to show off, to be somebody, to be outstanding. That's what he really means. Now, Olav is Ami. He looks like a person who loves his people. Now he's standing in battle at the head of his army, in the midst of the thick of the danger. He sees, closing in on all sides, fire and destruction. People are dying and shooting and hitting each other with swords and he's in the midst of it. He stands like a hero, calm and brave. Who then he stands and he manages all the stratagems of battle with a clear mind. It seems to be a perfectly self-controlled person. As if he was sitting at home in his house. This general who's standing in the midst of the fire of battle and giving directions on all sides what his uh, soldiers should do. 
with the same calmness as if he was sitting in his house. Now, Yibach is a, such a mighty man. Even no fear, no physical fear, can cause this man's calmness to depart. Like when he's standing in the midst of the battle, still he's perfectly calm. We come up with still, Still, this man can lose control of himself and become entirely confused when something comes in that affects his arrogance, his pride. That's right. He is that the king has confirmed a certain medal on a different general. He can become wild and lose control of himself. And he can do things totally irresponsible to himself. Kino oppresses I call it jealousy and something that would be to him like a reduction of his honor. And therefore, he might even commit suicide. Give an example. The borough president of Queens was a Jew. What's his name? Manus. Manus. Now, he was accused publicly of getting bribes for parking tickets. Very great embarrassment. I wrote him a letter. I said, don't be excited. You may have to go to jail. You'll come out eventually. You have plenty of money stashed away someplace. You'll be able to live properly. I'm sure he didn't read my letter. He committed suicide. He's a fine man, by the way. He's a fine man. He committed suicide. That's tragedy. A man like that, if he could be a borough president, you can be sure he's managing many things. A capable man. But the mere fact that the newspapers exposed him. So what about it? What are you going to prison? What about it? Not lifetime? We'll get out. I had pity on him. But he didn't need my life. He <laughs> committed suicide. Committed suicide. That's the most foolish thing to do. That shows how much a person must learn self-control, not to be confused. Think it over. What's so terrible? Locaine ye barely come and not so, not so with our heroes of ancient times. Aleim Asholim, Shinis Chan whom Inuvayim, they were trained from their youth that their mind should be always under control of the Torah, control only of the Halacha, and also they had trust in Akkadibola's help, and therefore they never lost control of themselves. They're now combing his flesh, the Romans are combing his flesh with iron combs, they're shaping the flesh off of his meat. 
most terrible pain. A tired body is in torture. He was standing calmly and saying to Yishma, the Talmudian were amazed, even now you're able to say Krishna with Nuhazaneta, he said, all my life I was training myself. All his life when he said Krishna, he was picturing himself being tortured to death, and the Ahavdas Hashem are like Tefal Bechol if you love Hashem, even it takes your life. But since I practiced all my life, shouldn't I be able to do it now too? It's a result of practice. The great men train themselves to be able to be under self-control even in the worst conditions. And that's why he created an example of Kiddush Hashem, that is for all generations. However, Kiddush died, saying Krishna with love of Hashem despite what he was undergoing the worst tortures. The first meter which he listed of which the work is the meter of Menuchasanefish. Not to lose yourself. Now this has to be considered a separate meter from the one that follows. Savalonis is patience. A person can be impatient, doesn't lose control, but doesn't have patience. Two separate things. Now we're starting the study of the subject called Savalonis. Be able to tolerate, to take unpleasant situations that lasts a certain time. And here is the motto that he recommends to say during the entire week that you're working with this media. If something unpleasant happens to you, something you couldn't avoid. Baal al Tachnireno Oh, don't make it worse. Are they salarik? By having distress for nothing. It's something you couldn't stop anyhow. Of course, you could have stopped it. It's worth regretting your carelessness. It's a head too to be careless. It was something you couldn't help. It's if somebody else comes along as a nudnik or people are bothering you can't help yourself. So don't add to your tzar by making yourself feel bad. Be patient. Be patient. Again, if something unpleasant happens to you, it wasn't in your power to avoid it. Don't make it worse by having distress for nothing. Now, the Shleishamin Ishlim is Akodizborahu Miskabid Bilamit. Kodizborahu gains glory in the world 
for three outstanding attributes. One is his great power, the Chochmosoi, and one is with his wisdom, and one is Bechazdo Belitachlis. His infinite kindliness. Once more now. Hashem's wisdom, by the way, you have to study that and recognize his wisdom in the world. Very big function. I have to speak about that sometime at length. To recognize the Chochmah Hashem in the world. And his Yecholus, how infinite is his power. And Chesed, that's unlimited Chesed. These are the three outstanding attributes. The Sheira said, Now these three things is for the purpose of Kuwait Hashem. So we can recognize the greatness of Hashem. It's something that fills the whole universe. The honor of Hashem, the glory of Hashem, the testimonies that testify to his power and his wisdom and his kindliness fill the whole universe. It's important for us to know that. The whole world is full of information that Hashem wants to teach us how infinite is his power, how infinite is his wisdom, and how infinite is his kindliness. To study these three things. The fee, Shane Lahoa, Philo Kimlai Garin, Hell Effort, Holo, Hulu, Comet, did not sound even a grain of sand in the whole universe that is not full of these three things. Same Lake, Lawrence, Kilay, the whole universe is full of his wisdom. Full means. You turn, pick, turn, bend down and pick up a little grain of earth. You should know that grain of earth. If you spend time thinking about it, you'll see infinite power, infinite wisdom, and infinite kindliness. Yes. Of course, if you didn't work on it, it seems to be just talk. But actually, like the Amma says, it's. It's so deep, there's no end. And today the scientists are saying that. Of course, they are shaitim, they're blind people. But they see there's endless wisdom. They get down to the bottom of things on the molecular level. They see nisim benefrayas. Mamash nisim benefrayas. The Ezemin Yadua Amechaba Amechuba Mechalokim There isn't a single thing in the world that's not composed of various parts. See, that's Hiddish. You shouldn't think, pick up a stone. It's solid silicon, solid stone. No. Everything you pick up is a tremendously complicated combination of many things. 
and they're connected with a miraculous wisdom, El Yena, that is only able to be found in the alien, and the one is most high. A little example, even a piece of salt. Salt is an element. It's a com- combination. Sodium chloride. But in salt itself, besides the sodium chloride, you have molecules. The molecules have atoms. Atoms are divided into neutrons that revolve around a nucleus. And actually, if you would stop the revolving of the neutrons around the nucleus, it wouldn't fall down. It would go out of existence. It would stop existing. Their motion is what gives them existence. Because the world is made out of nothing. The beginning of the world is only the will of Hashem. And the will of Hashem is created into the form of the tiniest particles of energy. And these particles of energy get together in such a complicated manner that it stuns the mind when we study even a little bit of it. And they start forming things. And they get together again and again and again and finally have a grain of salt. The grain of salt, you have to know, is Nisenishu. Just to take this little example, salt is sodium and chloride. Sodium is a poison. You know, you can't eat it. If sodium gets on your skin, it makes a hole in your skin. It burns a hole in your skin. And chlorine, if you breathe it in, you'll be ill for a couple of days. I did it once. I breathe in chlorine. Oh, for days and days. Sodium, I was too careful. This I knew it burned a hole through, through my hand. And so they get together and make salt, which is one of the most necessary things the body needs. How do they take two poisonous, dangerous elements and put them together to create something that's essential for the well-being of the body? I said, no, on the molecular level, there's been tremendous changes taking place. Atoms and molecules are changing positions in such miraculous ways until finally there comes something new, salt. And so, as we study the world, we begin to see that the world is making us learn about the wonderful abilities of the one who created the world. Although not only that, El Shafilu called Garim and Garim Ibn Asma, Enanishaka al Maskutah. Even every little seed, every little grain doesn't remain that way always. Because the combination of its parts is always changing. So everything is changing constantly. You don't see it. But it's changing constantly. It's all in constant motion and constant activity. A little grain of salt is a hotbed of activity. You don't see it, but it's there. Now first say this inside.
The present constitution is falling apart. And they begin combining in a different way. Because of this activity, that little grain of salt or the grain of earth, whatever you picked up, you should know, is changing into different forms constantly, only you don't see it. I'll give you an example. When you put something into the soil, it disappears after a while. The soil is able to break it up into all kinds of different materials, and the materials are no longer recognizable as they used It's a piece of meat. Put a piece of meat in the soil, after a while the meat is all gone. What happened to it? The soil is able to reconstitute it. Takes it apart and makes something else out of it. This means that the particles of earth are very active chemically. They're all in motion. You don't see it. They're all working. And each particle of earth is busy with that piece of meat and starts chewing it up, breaking it up in different ways than it was before, and recombining it in different ways. And therefore, it's in constant activity, even though you don't think so when you look at it. Second line. And it acquires a different nature in a moment afterwards. What it had a nature at first changes soon in a different way entirely. Let's say, if you drop a grain of salt into water, things start happening. Great activity is taking place. The water is changing, the salt is changing. Of course, superficially you see nothing. But you know, by the electron microscope, you see tremendous changing are taking place. Meantime, while this little grain is changing, another grain is created and takes its place. Let's say, from the piece of meat that you buried in the ground, so some of the meat, as it's broken up and changed into something else, actually becomes new earth. So new grains of earth take the place of the old grains that were used up in the work of digesting a piece of meat. This is saying, there's another grain, Kenegdo, Hamemale, who can take the place of the first one. Which only means, it enters instead of the first one. It becomes soil, but the first one is used up 
in breaking up the meat, the second one comes in now, is created from the meat and becomes a soil at the same moment. At that moment that this happens, that the first one is busy in sacrificing itself to change the meat, and the second one is created from the changed meat. Let's just stop here. That the world is in constant motion. Why are you saying this? What's it got to do with the subject of being patient and this You'll soon see. We'll soon see. Amit Aleph. And before we begin paragraph Ayan Gimel, <coughs> first to repeat what he said in the previous paragraph, that everything in this world demonstrates the most profound wisdom of planning of organization, of looking ahead, and it actually is made for that purpose, so that we should recognize the great planner, the great designer from his handiwork. Like it says, Holikim also, Sheyiru Melfan, Holikim everything, we should learn to fear him. We should learn to know that he is there. Now that's a science that is taught most extensively in the Sefer Chavez Lavovitz Mishalah To look at the world, you become accustomed to seeing in the world on every side of us the handiwork of Hashem. Things that demonstrate they're made purposefully. And there is not a single natural object that does not do that. Now, among the things that we see in the workings of nature that Hashem made, some are forces of construction and some are forces of destruction. And they all work together for benevolent purposes. You see, when things decay and they fall into the earth, the earth takes them apart and recasts them in new roles. Even fertilizer, which is a waste. When it comes upon the soil, it begins to operate in such a way that it prepares the soil to produce better crops. And in the body, we'll see there are certain cascades. One thing starts another, another thing starts another, and sometimes in the process, one uses up and destroys the other 
in order to utilize the materials to build the next step. Now, all this is set for a purpose. What's it got to do with Savlodis, which means patience? It means this. Our lives are also planned by our Kodesh Potiphar. There's nothing accidental. If something turns up to seems to us bothersome, a nuisance, we should view it as part of Hashem's plan. At the moment, we are not always capable of recognizing how useful that is. But someday, especially when we come to the next world, we'll look back and we'll see that these bothersome details or bothersome periods in our lives were made for our benefit. I'll explain a little more. <coughs> Our chief purpose in this world is to gain perfection of character. Among the chief perfections, of course, is to recognize the Creator. But at the same time, He wants us to become perfect in ourselves as much as possible. Now, when things are always going smooth, the way we wish to have them, there's no tests for our character. We don't exert ourselves because it's exactly the way we wish. But when things oppose our wishes, and we have to summon a certain amount of self-control, or a certain amount of reasoning to understand that it's all for the good even though we don't see it. Thereby we bring forth the potential greatness of our souls. <clears throat> Let's say a man is married to a woman, each one of them tests the other. No such thing as a hundred percent cooperation. There's a certain friction between two persons. That's friction is benevolent. People learn to get along with each other despite their differences. One yields to the other to some extent and each one tries to be too diplomatic with the other. In the course of time, the characters become polished. They become more perfect. And marriage causes, therefore, excellence of character. Like it says, lo not good for a man to be alone. Which means to be together with a wife is good. And good means perfection. And this perfection he takes with him in the world to come. Not only does it help him in the world to come, however, but it helps him in this world too. When a man learns to be able to contend with difficult circumstances, he can deal with others, even though he has to yield his own selfish desires, his own arrogant opinions, in order to live together with someone else, that is for him a happiness in life. He's better off than when he always yields to himself. A person who always yields to his own desires can do things that are harmful for him. Once he learns 
himself can show by means of his wife and he is forced to practice self-control and he becomes a man of self-control in other areas also. Now this perfection is something to seek, to desire. And when you find difficulties in life, you have to tolerate someone, a person, let's say. This part of Sablon is here, tolerating. You should know that the person was sent there in Ashramayim in order to give you opportunity to gain excellence of character. Instead of considering him a nuisance and a bother, and you regret that he came across your path, you wish you never met him. No, on the contrary, it's the very best thing for you that you have him. Are you able to deal with him properly? You're able to tolerate him? And to deal diplomatically with him? It's a perfection for you. It's a gift me Hashemayim. Also, not only people, but also circumstances. Sometimes people have illnesses, an illness, halila. Seems I mean, speaks fortune, and certainly we have to pray not to have illnesses. Nevertheless, and we have to guard ourselves again against contracting illnesses. Our duty to guard ourselves. <coughs> Nevertheless, if it came upon a person a certain illness, he should understand it's for his benefit. The way he reacts to that illness is going to be a measure of his spiritual success, success of his character. That has to be explained at length, but it's part of the emuna, the betachem of people who believe that Kodesh Baruch is in charge of the world, and everything that he does is for good purposes. <coughs> if a person is a mean fellow, he has to meet people that will make life difficult for him. And little by little, they'll sandpaper him, they'll smooth him down a little bit. Sometimes they smoothen down entirely. That's why in the ancient times, slavery was a very good institution. Slaves were the people of low character who stole, criminals who stole, and they were sold into slavery. <coughs> they were forced to serve their master. They were forced to do his bidding. They were not free. At every step, they were trampled, they were chained by the orders of someone who owned them. <coughs> Doesn't mean they became excellent tzaddikim, <coughs> but to a very big extent, they improved in character. When the old slave died, he was a much better person than he would have been had he been a free man. There are many situations which require sabalonis. The Chaver Salvador said, one of the three purposes of life is to learn to be like the Malachim HaSavlim, like the angels who tolerate to suffer. Now to most people, it's a mysterious statement. What does that mean, like the angels that suffer? But he really means we should learn to be people who can take whatever comes to tolerate. 
it takes a great deal of character to be able to tolerate satisfactorily. Some people tolerate because they can't help themselves. But when people learn to understand that it's for their good, sometimes they see that it's for their good. Sometimes they don't, but they, I believe that Hashem does it for good. And therefore, these people who learn to be soivalim, like the malachim, that's one of the three purposes of coming to this world. Be like the malachim who tolerate. Very important lesson there. Learn how to tolerate. The Gemara said that when two people are arguing and one of them keeps quiet, he muzzles his mouth, closes his mouth at a time of a quarrel. So his merit is so great, his chus is so great, that Hashem causes the world to hang on his chus. Such a chus that can defend the whole world against misfortunes. That's how great it is. Now, we have to understand, when we talk about salonas, we're not talking about restraining anger. That's a separate subject. Anger is a separate subject. We're talking about being dissatisfied with the situation. Right now, the subject is to learn to be satisfied. It doesn't mean you have to take everything. Of course you have to try to get out of a difficulty. You shouldn't try to bump into unpleasant people. You have a right to avoid unpleasant people. You shouldn't look for illnesses, you're a to avoid illnesses. And all the, this, the inconveniences of life, we have a right to try to extricate ourselves from them. To save ourselves these experiences. But we're talking about things that come anyhow. Despite our abilities to contend with them, they come anyhow. And the question is, if they come, what are you going to do about it? Let's say you're married. You can't just say, when something doesn't please you, look at another wife. People will be switching mates throughout their entire career. Now, once you're married, it's for keeps. You have to get along. And therefore, little by little, each one becomes better and better. That's Hashem's plan. That's what He made it for. Now that's outside of the reaction that you shouldn't get angry, you shouldn't do any harm to your fellow Jew, or you shouldn't hate your fellow Jew. They are separate things. But even if none of these things happen, yet if there's a dissatisfaction, you feel that you've been given a wrong deal when these things happen. Yet also, is a lack of savlonis. Savlonis includes the attitude is for good. Once more now, we have a right to seek the best, the most comfortable situation for ourselves. But when something does come, you can't avoid it, then the attitude has to be to learn how to appreciate that in the long run it's good for you. You can look back on your history and see how many times you were disappointed at something. It was for your benefit. I can look back on my own history how many times, again and again, things happened that I was disappointed. I saw in the end it was a great Yeshua for me, a great success for me that these things happened that way. I won't take up your time and tell it to you, but I know 
Looking back, what Hashem happened that way? Had it come out the way I wished it to be, <coughs> I wouldn't be here. That's what I would have been. Bodo Hashem. And so we have to learn this attitude of Salonis and it's connected with the Amunah. It's connected with the Amunah. Amunah, that I call this Bodo, is in charge of all the events of our lives and he is the one who intends it all for good.